This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week we're dancing the night away and watching spine number 44 in the Criterion Collection, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger's The Red Shoes from 1948. But first, RJ, how's that cow punching doing? I would never punch a cow, Jarrett. Come on now. You know better than that. Uh, it's going pretty good. Sent you some uh, cow pics today. I'm going to uh, the triumphant return of the Criterion cows. We'll be back uh, tonight. Beautiful. I'll put some pics out on the Instagram. Uh, it was a busy day. Big yeah. sale today. Uh, mm-hmm. About 2,400 head. Uh, I actually had to leave early. so I, Or else I probably would still be there right now. Oh, my God. So uh, I did you a big favor, friend. Did you have to explain uh, to your father and family what you had to go do? No, I actually, it was kind of convenient timing. I had to pick up Andrea from work also. So it was like, I was like, I got to go. And I'm not really like, I I only kind of like help out. So I'm not like a full-time employee per se, or else I would have been expected to go back after. So you're basically more in the way than anything. Yeah, usually, yeah. usually. Um, today I actually served a purpose for a while. I worked the ring. Got to be on your toes because mm-hmm. them, uh, them bad boys, they'll come back at you. And uh, yeah, it's busy. It's calving season. Everyone's calving. Mm-hmm. You know all about that. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm... So uh, we had uh, my dad and uh, stepmom, they had one of their first calves came early. His name's Stanley. So uh, Stanley. two days old. I'll, uh, I'll put a pic of uh, him up on the Instagram. People can see Stanley the cow. Oh. Is, mm-hmm. is Stanley going to get eaten at some point in his life? Uh, probably eventually, but that's a that's a good bit down the road. Okay, he'll have a good life yeah. of eating grass, and then he'll be uh, yeah, he'll be okay. He's like a purebred Hereford. He'll be he'll have a good time. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, good for Stanley. Yeah, yeah. What's new with you, dog? Um, man, that's a weird question. I, and I know it's coming every week, but I never have a good answer. Uh, it's going okay. Um, semester's winding down. So I'm, it's like kind of like this lull right before things get really busy and people start making demands on me. Um, because they've decided to, uh, linger on projects and then they decide, you know what? I need this tomorrow. So you need to hustle, sir. And it's like, well, I didn't know it was coming, and uh, this is kind of your problem mm-hmm. now. But that doesn't mean that people don't fail to, I don't know, be more responsible every single semester. And so I just kind of come to expect it and know it's coming and uh, grin and bear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grin and bear it. I've heard other people say that before, Jer. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out for them. <laughs> oh. Damn. Yeah. Just trying to see the end of the rainbow is mm-hmm. not the best way to go. Yeah. No, I I get it. That should you should be you should only have a month left, and then you'll be living the high life where uh, oh, there's no baby. students, no no worries, man. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, uh, listeners realize since this podcast started late summer, but uh, I get a nice juicy layoff during the summer. Mm-hmm. And, juicy. Yeah, and uh, I get to uh, just kind of go about my business for the summer. Uh, which generally means watching a lot of movies, uh, working part-time, uh, more often at the Yield comic book store. Um, and 
it's uh, getting to walk around a lot out in the beautiful outdoors. It's a great old time. A great old time, yeah. huh? And we're coming you, up on you, that very soon. Very soon. You claim you're going to be watching a lot of movies, but uh, as people will find out, uh, you're a liar. Yeah. You don't watch movies anymore. No, I mean, uh, I think at this point, uh, my, my next question of, hey, RJ, what have you been creeping on this week? Um, it's it's going to be a real sad, sad state of affairs because uh, I think you've only watched some yourself some stand-up comedy acts. And Correct. And I have watched absolutely no movies save uh, The Red Shoes. Um, and, I can fill some time. Okay. Um, well, I'll just get it out of the, the way for myself. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've just been uh, not feeling like watching a lot of stuff. I mean, it's not like I don't have these movies continuing to accumulate uh, mm-hmm. in, in physical and digital means. And uh, I have lots of stuff I'd like to watch, but I just haven't really felt like watching it and like i feel like if i put this stuff on my attention is not going to be there and instead Mm -hmm. i've been doing a lot of drawing um you nerd yeah i know what a geek what a geek you know what kind of drawing what Uh, kind of drawing do you do cartoonisms yes that's about right uh if people want to check out what i'm posting and doing they can look on the instagram and look up Jarrett duncan that's me and you can see the Mm. stuff i post i just doodle and sketch and Whatever old thing, kind of getting back into the habit of drawing. I do like to try to make some comic stuff, I guess. Just my own right. sort of weird stuff. Um, most of it's not very good, uh, but I'd like to get better. So, uh, you know, the the best way of doing that is actually sitting down and drawing and drawing and drawing mm-hmm. some more. And watching, uh, well, last year I watched over a thousand films. Uh, some of those were mm-hmm. short films. But uh, I think that might have, like, you know been a bit excessive <laughs> a I, bit the year before that i had watched like uh like 569 movies the year before that like 465 and it all really started in around 2012 um mm-hmm. i've actually giving this a lot of thought and like i sometimes wonder looking at letterbox i'm like oh it's like this like great uh collection of like really depressed people who just sit around and watch movies all day long and now they have a way of keeping track of it and wind mm-hmm. up watching even more movies um, <laughs> geez, you yeah. truly are one pathetic loser mm-hmm. with a no. podcast, <laughs> with a podcast, even worse. Noah, that's admirable. I'm glad you're, uh, being creative again. We, I'm sure people will, it'll benefit someone <laughs> in some way. When you said creative, all I imagined was a rainbow going over my head. <laughs> yeah. You're creating, man. Creative. Uh, I've seen your, your cartoons, uh, I would describe you as poor man's Jim Lee. Um, <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't, we, aren't all? we all? No, I'd say uh, you're somewhat of a riff between Dan Klaus and uh, Philbert uh, Hernandez. So uh, that that's my take from wow. uh, the non-cartoonist uh, literate world. Wow. I don't read that stuff. The comics I read got muscles and biceps and farts and stuff. Wow. So do mine. The farts, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, but they're, your your things are grosser. Yeah. Yeah. There's no Alfred in my comics. There is, but he's uh, got no butt. Uh. Anyway, RJ, what what have you been? Uh, what have you crept on this week? What can you fill well, this just, time with? Well, I'll fill it with something else because uh, my creeping was basically just a pair of uh, stand-ups from uh, everybody's favorite fallen hero, Dave Chappelle. 
Uh Um, Not really fallen. I mean, he left on his own or by his choice. So he's been out of the game for 10 years, living on like a farm in Ohio, Mm -hmm. raising his family. Uh, So I think it shook the world when he came back because it was huge news that Netflix was paying him millions upon millions of dollars to do these four specials. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they loaded two of them up right away. Uh, one is a formal stand-up, and the other one is more of like a uh, um, relaxed kind of thing. Like he sits down, he has like a smoke, and he just kind of like talks with the crowd a little bit. Yeah. So you get a little bit of variety. Um, you get a little crossover between the two. There are certain trends or topics that he brings up, up again, like uh, Bill Cosby is a very uh, uh, present um force in both of those in the first one i think he's got like a 20 minute bit on bill cosby and then the second one like he brings them up every now and then um what's to say uh it's hard to describe stand-up i thought they were both good um people should if you're a fan of comedy or stand-up at all like you've probably watched it already if not but uh uh yeah they were both really good especially um since he hasn't really done anything in 10 years uh they're not amazing. Like if people mm-hmm. are rating them five stars, they're probably just doing that out of like nostalgic loyalty from a Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I was a big fan of that uh, Chappelle show. Me and my buddies, we would get get around and watch it whenever it aired. So mm-hmm. uh, I remember that back in junior high. So uh, I'm loyal. Um, no, yeah, it was good. Uh, there's not a ton to say about it, actually. Um, I like Dave Chappelle. I'm glad he's doing comedy again. Cool. Cool. Uh, so the other bit, the reason I haven't been creeping is because I have been living a nightmare in the technical troubleshooting of the Android TV box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I know what you're going to say, and I'll just have a disclaimer here. You'll say, hey, aren't those things that stream content, are they legal? And I'll tell you this. I bought mine from a uh, popular online distributor. Uh, close to a safari jungle type of place. Mm-hmm. There might be a river. There might be a river running through it. Yes, exactly. Uh, so they were the actual sellers. So if there's any fishy business up, uh, I think you take it up with them because they're the ones selling them. Take it up with Jeff. Uh, take it up with Jeff. Yeah. So I got one of these Android TV boxes. My mom has one. She really likes it, and I got it because I was like, "Ooh, I can watch." Like it'll be a, it'll be coming handy so much during the halloween season uh for these criterions if i don't have them and then uh for the tv shows for andrea because she likes those tv shows uh so i got one everyone always praises these things about how easy they are uh and i got one and it was just a fucking nightmare for the first like two days (laughs) nothing nothing worked uh you would start a show and it would like buffer for 20 minutes and then it was blurry and like would lag and i was just like what's the fucking point i was like why would anyone put up this let me let me stop you there for a sec so on uh thursday on our usual uh thursday lunch walk uh around the lake you were talking about these this android tv and really put in like the hard sell to me uh because i don't know maybe you're in the pocket now of android tv uh Possibly. and you're just like yeah you got to get one of these i saw my buddy's got one my mom's been using it it sounds like it's like it's the i don't know the cure for everything that ails you and uh yep. constant entertainment and then i know you got it on friday i guess in the mail yep. and you were like and i didn't talk, and i basically didn't talk to you for like two days because i just assumed that you were just like subsumed in like watching everything at your fingertips but uh, apparently you, you know what i was doing coding <laughs> 
Oh boy. Uh, no. Okay. So actually, there is a, a caveat, and the story does get better. Okay. So apparently, uh, so like the main OS for these boxes is a thing called Cody, and then on this Cody, you can download all these different like uh, add-ons or programs where you are able to stream the shows. And so uh, what I didn't know was last week or like a couple weeks ago, there was an update and there's a new version of this Cody Uh and that's what's on my box. And then the main add-on thing, like program everyone uses is this thing called Exodus. And what I didn't know was that for this new upgraded version, the old program is like a total brick and doesn't work at all. And there was this huge <laughs> online conspiracy on fucking Reddit. I was looking on there and there was like all these threads and comments of people were like, Reddit is like deleting all the posts about how Exodus isn't working. And I put a post on there because I was really trying to solve this problem and it got deleted. And I was like, what is going on? Uh, so there's a huge conspiracy, but the truth is out there. And I figured out the problem, and it was that just this Exodus program is not updated. So I got a different one. I got this thing called Zen. And uh, in the last two days, it has been uh, miles apart. It's been a lot better. It actually works. So Mm. that's a win. Yeah. Andrew has been watching some TV, and uh, for the most part, it just fires right up and doesn't go. There's a, f- there was I think one time in the last two days where she started it and it was kind of buffering, and lagging and that I mean that's a real fucker. Um, it's a real pain in the ass because it's like why even get this thing? But it's been way better. It's working and I actually watched this week's movie using that box and it was a uh, two and a quarter, uh, two and or two hour almost two and a half hours and I watched it in a continuous stream. It never buffered or froze once, mm. and the picture was crystal clear. Nice. So I, I am hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, my experience will improve. But um, I thought it was relevant because, as we've mentioned a lot, uh, so Canada actually has a really huge piracy problem oh, because yeah. uh, a lot of these online streaming things, which um, aren't available to us, like nope. Hulu and Filmstruck, like we've mentioned before. Uh, if they were, I would use them. I would pay for them so I could have access mm-hmm. to those contents. But because we're a foreign country, we aren't able to. And oh. then Canada's rules are really kind of loose on what you're allowed to do, so well, uh, which just breeds piracy. Yeah, I mean, they're not loose. It's just that nobody really, like... Undefined? Uh, they don't chase... They, no, one's, no one's getting into legal trouble because of this stuff. It happens once in a while, but it's like, if, if you consider, like, probably everyone that, like, we know... Yeah pirates like that's like everybody and these are like civilians like it's so easy to do and it's like there's no other option like unless you want to spend uh you know 150 dollars a month just to watch game of thrones uh for 13 weeks out of the year or 10 weeks out of the year it's like is it really that worth it um and not no it's not because you have with the internet it's there and i mean like i have i have a netflix account and uh Mm -hmm. it's like money well spent that's the even, only thing we can even though yeah. like uh like netflix canada is like pretty trash compared to the u.s version because we have like a fraction of the like actual content yeah. but there's still a ton of content and a lot of stuff yeah. that's worth watching to most for the most part um and then after that it's like mm-hmm. there's that crave which 
I like really care about. Um, it, and then like it's not available <laughs> on consoles. Mm-hmm. You can only get it on laptop yeah. or smart TVs. So and then, yeah, and then like all the litany of like crazy stuff that they have in the states. I guess we have like we have Shutter, but like it's not good. Like again, you, you can't like you can't like hook it up with your iPad and like watch it on HDMI to your TV. That's just trash to me. What's the point? Like and like already own like two-thirds of the library that they had when I was trying it out back in October. Eh, I don't know. I'd love to, like, do it, but for some reason, uh, the Canadian rights holders just make it very, very difficult for anybody to, like, push through stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's super frustrating. And uh, so something like Android TV definitely sounds pretty welcoming, uh, especially, I think you mentioned the other day how you were pretty stoked about being able to access and watch all of The Simpsons. Uh, just like... Oh. That that is the number one thing I took away from that is just unmitigated access to the entire library of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, and and that actually works perfect. I, I fucking I got it picked up. It's saved. So whenever I open it up, it's uh you have like a you can save whatever shows you want. It's the first one on there, and I'm just gonna blow through all 30 mm-hmm. seasons. Um, you and me have talked about this a lot. Season like three to for me, it's like three to twelve. Is just prime. That's the good, best shit. I think you're like three to nine or so. You're not as three to seven. Loose. Three to seven. Yeah. So, um, th- but yeah, three to seven. It's the best shit there is, man. And uh, I've seen I've seen it like all those episodes hundreds of times on mm-hmm. TV. But it'll be nice because that is another thing that we don't have access to anymore because you can't buy physical copies and we don't have the FX like stream that uh, they have down there. So yeah. we can't get it on just streaming either. No. Nope. But yeah. So anyways, that's what I've been doing the last couple of days. That's honestly why I haven't been watching <laughs> stuff is because I've been trying to figure this out. Coding. And it's actually. <laughs> Yeah, well, you have to like go in and like add files and then like zip files and you like extract things and install things. It's not that complicated, actually. Mm. There's like tons of guides that I just I followed it. It took me five minutes. It was just uh, I came in at a bad time without knowing anyone else. So I was just trying to go blind at it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's working a lot better now. So cool. I got high hopes, Jer. Nice. Uh, yeah, I kind of wonder for myself how I would ha- if I'd have success with since I'm a uh, Apple man uh, with this stuff. Oh, you'd be fine. No. You come over, give it a whirl. It's just like Apple TV, actually, except right. there's you can find whatever you want instead mm-hmm. of just Apple's limited library. But I mean, like having to get into it, I'm wondering how like the downloading oh, stuff and setting it up. I'm it's not easy. Sure. Okay. It's easy. Well, yeah, actually, I was telling uh, some uh, family members about it uh, this weekend because yep. uh, they're they're always on the lookout for easy ways to get free content uh, since yep. it, it's so difficult to get to it apparently mm-hmm. in this country. But hey, for some reason mm-hmm. with uh, JT and the big house over in Ottawa, we uh, we just don't have access to this stuff. <laughs> just yep. then. people will figure that out. <laughs> Maybe perhaps. But, yeah. Well, okay, that's that's what we've been creeping on, guys and gals. Uh, it happens sometimes. N- news. Um, RJ told me what we were going to be talking about, and he told me I have uh-huh. to watch trailers. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did, and uh, yep, sure as shit. Uh, I watched three movie trailers. Correct. Um, because RJ told me to. Uh, what do you, you want? To, what, what do you want you? What do you want to talk about first? 
Okay, so I told you to. So I don't normally watch trailers. I never go out of my way to do it unless it plays in front of a movie. Mm. But there was two this week that I uh, absolutely have uh, vested interests in. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch those fuckers for sure. And then uh, there just so happened that another popular movie trailer <laughs> dropped this week as mm. well. Uh, so we watched that one also. And uh, I don't know where to start. Um, two are comic books and one is Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> Let's save Stephen King for the last. Okay. Well, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Spider Man because uh, who gives a shit about that? <laughs> okay, uh, Spider Man so, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want me to take the reins Go on for these, it. or yep. do you... no, yeah, I'll, uh, all right, yeah. So first off was this Marvel Universe uh, Spider Man. Uh, I actually like Spider Man quite a bit because I was a kid in the '90s, and if you didn't like Spider Man, you were a fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this Spider Man movie is the first Spider Man under the Marvel banner. Even though um, it is Sony. Even though it is Sony. And uh, I actually heard grumblings that uh, after this, Spider-Man's in Infinity War, and then he's done. And Sony's just going to take him back, and he mm-hmm. won't be in Marvel movies anymore, which sounds fine to me. Um, so anyways, this is like an extended trailer, uh, and what you get is a lot of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, preaching about how a man isn't the suit, even though that's his entire thing. I don't know if that's supposed to be cheeky. Or because he's like, he's like, if you can't, he's like, if you're nothing without a suit, you're nothing, man. And it's like, what? It's like, that's what your whole like gimmick was. You built a suit. Like, you're nothing without it. <laughs> well, um, RJ, uh, I will just jump in here. See, that that actually uh, recalls to me uh, WWE superstar Triple H. Uh, he often oh. is on record saying that uh, it's not the, the title that makes the man, but it's the man who makes the title. So I'm, I'm thinking that's probably the the wavelength that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is on there with Paul Levesque. Uh, okay, well, um, I don't watch wrestling, so I'll just believe you uh, yet. Mm. Um, but so anyways, uh, this trailer, you get a lot of Robert Downey Jr. trying to guide him. And then you see old-ass Michael Caine. No, Michael Keaton, sorry. Michael Caine, that would have been better. Uh, Michael Keaton, and he's the vulture because he was in Birdman, and isn't that just uh, right on the nose? Yes. And uh, I don't know. It's uh, pretty much just everything you would expect in a Spider-Man movie. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's Spider-Man. He's a kid. He's bumbling around. He's a high school student. That's pretty neat. Um, looks fine, but I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it because I like Spider-Man, but. Okay. So, yeah, I so I, um, I stopped going to see Spider-Man movies in theater after two, <clears throat> the like Sam Raimi yeah. Spider-Man two. Uh, I saw three on video, <laughs> like after the mm. fact, like after hearing how bad it was, I just kind of like mm-hmm. didn't want to see it. Then I watched it and I was like, yeah, that wasn't that good. It wasn't as bad as people said, but it wasn't yeah. good at all. And then I just completely didn't watch Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2. And uh, I guess the next time I saw Spider-Man on the big screen was when uh, we went to see Civil War. And we got yes, to see that this now new iteration. And so Spider-Man mm-hmm. Homecoming uh, as a trailer. Uh, it seems to be the first Marvel trailer that I've actually noticed people kind of being a little negative on. Ooh, really? Yeah, it seemed like people were kind of like, oh, I don't know. And then, like, I saw one person who pretty nailed, like, I, I think I read it before I watched it, so it might have influenced yeah. it. But the whole, like, boat scene, it, 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 they show mm-hmm. way too much of it. And also the fallout of the fact that, like, so here's this whole movie. It's going to be like, so, oh, God, it's like, it's the first uh, 
post-Civil War story mm-hmm. that they did in the actual comics where uh, Peter Parker actually starts like becoming a employee of Tony Stark and he becomes Iron Spider. And so yeah. all this technology is just being handed over to him. And then <clears throat> he, he gets it taken away. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that's what this movie's going to be. And it tells you that like every plot beat's already like covered. Like you already know exactly where this yep. movie's going to go. So yep. I'm like, well, that's not that interesting, is it? Like we already mm-hmm. see that like he pushes his luck and he, he's, he's, if he pulls the boat together and Iron Man has to come and save the day and he takes back the stuff. And now Peter Parker's going to be on his own with a homemade costume to stop the vulture. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, not terribly like interested at the end of the day with it. But I mean, I'm not the audience for this stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I'm, I used to be, but not anymore. Um, it's like I said, I do like the Spider-Man, uh, so I will watch it. Um, but uh, it's pretty cool. Shocker's in it. I like that. Uh, but I don't know. Like, it just seems, I don't know. I think the bubble has burst and it's going down. I do like Spider-Man and I will watch it, but uh, I, I kind of was the same same as your feelings. It's just kind of like, oh, well. You watch the trailer, you're like, all right, I got it. I don't really need – there's not much more to it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, oh, actually, in real news, I did hear that uh, they are going to film a Venom uh, spinoff movie uh, this fall, and it's going to be a science fiction horror movie. So uh, expect a uh, Ridley Scott-esque uh, Prometheus type of thing for Venom. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for Spider-Man. You know what's up next, baby? Zack Snyder? Yeah, big Zack Snyder. So uh, the the Justice League trailer dropped. Uh, We did get a teaser a little while ago, but this was the full trailer. Uh, And it is, uh, you can see Jeff Johns' involvement because this is uh, pretty much uh, his run on um, New 52, the start where it was Justice League War. If anyone's not familiar, he made like, when DC rebooted New 52 like four years ago, Jeff Johns was on Justice League and he like made this big story about the Justice League getting together to fight Darkseid. That's what this movie is. So you get a it opens and you get old grizzled Ben Affleck and you're like, yeah, that's cool. And then he's like, we got to put the team together. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool, too. You see some Wonder Woman. You see uh, some Flash. You see some Cyborg and you see some Aquaman. Uh, so they're trying to make Aquaman very tough, very, very cool. He's got some quips, and it's like, yeah, I get you, man. And uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, you see a lot of parademons. That's pretty cool. Um, just a lot of action. Uh, it's very dark, which is kind of weird. Not, I don't mean like dark, like gritty. Like it's literally dark. I, I found it was really hard to see stuff <laughs> in in the trailer. I'm not really sure why, but I just like I can't. It's like. I have pretty good eyes. I was like, I don't really know what's going on right now in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they may put up the humor up front because everyone was talking about how BVS was way too dark. So they have to put the humor up front. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know anymore. I want it. I would like it to be an enjoyable movie at least. Uh, I'm going to go watch it. You can bet your ass on that. There's one scene that I gives me some ray of hope for some reason. I don't know why, but there's a, there's like just this quick cut scene where you see uh, Ray Fisher cyborg and he's like really like emotional and crying. And I was like, ooh, yeah, 
was like, I like that. And then it cuts away. So I hope I hope they stick that. Make it really sad that Cyborg is basically not a human anymore. That's cool. Mm. So I don't know. What about you, Jer? Uh, I thought it was awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a really bad, it, it's a really bad trailer. Um, it like, it, it was like almost embarrassingly bad. <laughs> the music in particular, uh, the use of like uh, the white stripes. stripes and then it transitions yeah. into something else. It's like some 70s. It's movie. come together. Yeah. But it's like a, a, a remix. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that was stink. Uh, I think all the Aquaman stuff looks tr- just terrible um uh, i can't where to start so cyborg looks terrible um i i hope that does, yeah. like, i'm not sure where they're why they went with something that looks so obviously like janky cgi and they have um and i'm not sure maybe well maybe the effects aren't finished maybe the effects aren't finished but i don't know mm. how much more you can improve on that um you, you know what i don't get why don't they do cyborg like he's supposed to be like he's the top half and like one arm mm-hmm. they never do that it's like since new 52 it's just like he's half a face and like a pair of lungs yeah i don't like that as much like i wish it was like half the face and like an arm and his chest that would be cool and then it wouldn't have to be so much cgi yeah uh ben affleck looks confused and weird and like he seems yeah. like out of place in this thing like he just seems like always oh, like over it yeah uh what else is there I was like pretty like because I didn't see anyone even talk about this at all in my like social media world, and I didn't even know this yeah. came out until I think you I saw someone say I watched this and I felt nothing, and then I think a couple hours later you said, "Oh, you have to watch the Justice League trailer." I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it, it actually came out." Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably I, I feel like I'm probably gonna wind up seeing this with you or something like yes. that. Yes. Um, yes. And I mean, I like. Batman versus Superman a lot more than I expected I would, but I mean that's mm-hmm. like not saying a lot. Uh, and this just like it, it uh, that scene of like Aquaman riding on the Batmobile and <laughs> oh yeah, like holy crap. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I I knew you would hate that, but yeah. um, what are you gonna do? Uh, so the things I like was that uh, you see like Cyborg some emotion, and then there's a really nice little clip with uh, Barry Allen, the Flash, with his dad and Billy Crudup in prison, and I like that too. But uh, I feel like I wish I just had that that stuff. There there might be too much in this one. Mm-hmm. They obviously go to Apocalypse and fucking fight all the parademons, so this is gonna be a big movie. Yeah, there's like that and sort of stuff the, that yeah. like is like, well, that's kind of neat. But man, that that trailer mm-hmm. was uh, not not good. I think it's just I don't think anyone could watch that and be like, yeah, I'm kind of excited for it again. It's like, no, this movie, this trailer is gonna have the opposite effect, and people are just it's like too easy to like shit on it, this movie more, uh, which is not what this movie yeah. needed. Uh, so hopefully when they no. when when they have their trailer number two or whatever, uh, they can hopefully yeah. repackage things. But yeesh. Well, Wonder Woman comes out in like June and this Justice League is supposed to be November. So I'm guessing either at Wonder Woman or a little bit after at like Comic-Con in July. That's when the second trailer will come. Okay. The uh, I thought the teaser was a little bit more uh, intriguing than this one, I guess. Like the Justice League teaser. I don't know if you remember that. I vaguely do. That had that had white stripes too. Mm. So apparently this movie is sponsored by uh, Jack White. <laughs> or something but yeah something. that's kind of that's pretty much how I, f- I figured you would feel about both of those now 
just dropped today. This was one I had known about and I told you that. This was basically the reason I said we were going to talk about trailers Mm -hmm. was because I knew this was coming out today. And because I have been chronicling uh, the new Stephen King's It from since basically when we had started the podcast. Yep. Uh, I read the book. I watched that Tim Curry 90s one. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking jacked. I'm tapped into the scene. I know it, man. So I watched this literally moments before we uh, started the podcast. So this is the new rebooted It by Andy Muschietti. Uh, I think all I know that he did was that Mama movie from uh, Guillermo del Toro produce. I was going to watch that, but I I feel like Guillermo del Toro probably had a big hand in the production. So I don't know if it's an honest take on this director. We'll see. I'll still watch it. Right. Um, so, so this trailer, you start up and you get that classic scene with Georgie, uh, sailing his paper boat down, uh, the dairy gutters. And then, Oh, there's Pennywise. He's in the drain. That's pretty cool. Um, so I think if people remember, uh, I was really against the new look of this Pennywise. Uh, this trailer does a very good job, I thought, at keeping actual straight shots of him very limited. He's always kind of like obscured by something or like behind something. And I actually really like that. Uh, you don't hear him talk. Mm-hmm. I like that also. Um, I honestly, Jer, this preview got me pretty excited for this movie i thought it looked pretty good uh one thing i really like is it seems like they went to lengths to keep a lot of book material in there Uh, a lot of things they didn't really need to there's one scene in particular where uh mike hanlon uh like one of the parts i didn't like about the book is like i think i said where stephen king goes into like detail about the history of dairy and you're just like oh like it goes on forever but there's one thing where like mike hanlon hears a story from his dad about like there was a club for uh for like african-americans and it was their club and then uh white people like burned it down and so there's a scene where like you see like hands coming out of like a burning door and it's like mike hanlon is like well that's neat mm-hmm. i was like i wouldn't have expected them to keep that in there it's like it's a very small, small thing in that book. Um, it's cool uh, because one thing I liked is you see a little bit of the other versions of Pennywise. You see him as the leper and you see him as like barely. That's what I mean. Like you see him very briefly like as the leper and then as the werewolf in Nybalt Street House. Um, I liked that shot of him where he is in the picture show, the slideshow, and mm. he – it's like the mom and then it morphs into him and the red hair is in his face. I actually thought that looked really good. Um, I'm not really describing the trailer, but people should go watch it. My point, I guess, was I actually like this. I thought it looked a lot better than I was anticipating. So I'm, I'm in. I'm excited. I hope it's good. Okay. What about you? Um, I like the trailer. Ooh, uh, nice. I, I listened to it with headphones on at work. And so I don't know. The one thing like I was, I, I guess I, I, I criticize trailers. It's like, it's use yeah. of spooky music. Like it, oh, yeah. this, this, this fucking trailer went for it. Like, holy oh, crap. Yeah. Like the, a lot of effort went into, uh, creating a spooky soundscape. Like, uh, mm-hmm. very few trailers usually do, or at least like, maybe like, I don't really care about them when I watch them. Cause I usually am seeing them yeah. also in theater and I don't watch them like sure. in front of a laptop with like in full frame with mm-hmm. headphones on where like 
everything is just like amped up to like a ridiculous level to like spookify mm-hmm. you. Um, so yeah, this trailer is like fairly well done, I think, for like a modern like like studio um, horror thing, and it's very post like Blumhouse influence, like the stuff with like mm-hmm. the sli- with the stuff like the, the slideshow. I mean, it's yeah. played out yeah. very similar to like something out of Sinister or something like that. Skype. Yeah, yeah, Skype ghosts. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they definitely uh, held back on the It stuff. Um, And I guess, like, it it, it finally struck me, like, oh, yeah, he's like a Harlequin clown um, more than, like, a... Yeah. Than, like, the... uh, the Gacy, yeah, which like I think of like Gacy. That's more. That's more. Gacy. Like, it's a guy in a clown suit, which is yeah more creepy because it's like, why is this guy dressed like a clown? Whereas this, it is kind of like a doll man. Like <laughs> yeah, which I so, don't. We'll, we'll see how that actually see, plays. I mean, it it, yeah. it definitely plays more like how uh, that's how movies would be made now. And it's like it sucks. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, you can, yeah. no, no one's going to come and take your Tim Curry tapes away. Um, mm-hmm. you can go and watch that anytime. Uh, we'll see what the performance is like actually when it, mm-hmm. uh, happens. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And I was going to say, to be fair, uh, when the image came out, I think that was before I had watched or actually read the book yeah. and, uh, the way he is described, it is more, it's not like Victorian area, but, um, his suit is way more, uh, it's like a silver suit with just mm-hmm. three huge orange, uh, pom-poms right and then he has the huge orange hair so i think it's actually closer to what uh old steve was actually trying to describe right um i do like the tim curry one more but uh uh, because it's unassuming kind of but also very like inappropriate Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the point of the pennywise like he says like if he can't scare them he or like he tries with pennywise to lure them first and if he can't then he like changes into something scary to scare them right um but uh, no, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I was gonna say uh, that's one thing. So the slideshow in the book, what they're doing is they're looking through a photo album, and then the photo comes alive there. Uh, I do think this slideshow thing is way oh, better yeah. than the full photo album. That's a good call. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I guess I've never read way the better. book, and I haven't like watched the TV movie in a really long time. So a lot of this was like all new to me. Um, yep. So yeah, I mean, it looks like like good. It's a good trailer. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. They did a good job. So, yeah, I think it looks good. Uh, one thing I'll be interested to see is if they uh, do the full reveal at uh, the end of this one. So this one is just the kids in the 80s. And they already are planning to do, like, the sequel where it's when the kids come – or the adults come back 27 years later. Also, fun fact, the 90s movie was 27 years ago. And in the book, Penny or It comes back every 27 years. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Probably not. Uh, anyways, what I was going to say is in the book, you get like the kid's story and the adult story at the same time. And then like near the end is when you find out like when the kid's final confrontation or confrontation and then the adult's final confrontation happen. So you get the big reveal of what it actually is at the same time in both timelines. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'd be curious to see if uh, at the end of this one, if they'll actually show like the uh the full confrontation with the kids when they kind of like fight it and then it goes into hibernation for like 27 years or if they'll not show it and then save it for the adult one i don't know i'm not sure how they would do it 
So that's official now that it is part one, the Losers Club. Yeah, yeah. So that that is official. They announced it like a couple weeks ago that uh, they're like moving forward into pre-production because uh, they started showing this trailer at like South by Southwest, and they have been doing focus groups, like showing the movie itself. And uh, I think they've been getting um, strong enough buzz that they're confident they're just gonna uh, before it even yeah they're just gonna go ahead and make it. Well, I guess they'd have to. I mean, I think that stuff's got to be shot already. Maybe they have two cuts or they had like a, a singular version. Because I think I was listening to like one of the another podcast and they said it was like all one movie. And it was like all like the whole thing in one go, which was mm-hmm. like, that's going to be tough to do. Because that's a big, long book. And, yeah. Uh, so maybe, yeah, they, they've made, been able to play it that. No, we can do this as two stories. Mm-hmm. I can just do the yeah. one part first and then do the second part, which will be interesting because, like you said, there's the convergence uh, of mm-hmm. the, the adult and kids stuff. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, like, like it makes total sense in, like, a book perspective. You get one uh, – you get the kids, you get the adults. You get the kids, you get the adults. And the storyline basically plays out the same where, like, when they come back as adults – they fall into these things the same as how it plays with the kids. Like they have to kind of like remember like what happened and learn about it. So you like, it's kind of like equal grounds. Like they're both kind of building up to that big fight at the end. So it'll be, I think the kids portion is way better and has more to it. So I think the adult one would be like, it wouldn't be hard to fill, but I don't know like if it would be, as interesting because a lot of the adult stuff is them like remembering what happened as kids but if you already see that then it's like you don't really need to do that Mm. so where like you know what i mean like where do you go so because i don't know anyways i just brought it up because i'm i'm that's one thing i was thinking of i was thinking of while i watched i was like i don't know what they're gonna how they're gonna finish it off but i definitely don't think uh, or like we were saying, it is announced. Like I don't think the adult ones are in here. Even if they did like film some of that simultaneously, um, I don't think that stuff's going to be involved in this movie at all. I think it's just the kids. Hmm. So, okay, neat, neat. Um, yeah. I guess the only thing I wanted to mention, I guess, was uh, speaking of like '90s television nostalgia, uh, that Twin Peaks. It's ah, it's coming closer and closer. Um, and yep. uh, I think sometime in the past week, Entertainment Weekly ran with the the three cover spread of all the actors, yep. uh, how they look now in their uh, characters now. And I was just struck by the horrible ravages of time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's like, but I mean. To, to be fair, uh, a lot of that is definitely probably played up with uh, makeup and whatnot because David Lynch doesn't like to shy away from, like, the ugliness of, like, I don't know, the ravages of time. And he likes to play mm-hmm. up what people look like. And, uh, hey, if, if they can make you look a little crazier and more destitute, David Lynch is your guy, and he will definitely play to that. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was, like, yeah. that was pretty cool seeing that. Is like, mm-hmm. I think, I, actually, I think that got me, uh, a lot of people way more interested seeing, like, everybody in character, uh, in yeah. costume, and, like, so seeing, like, how, like, how little some people have changed. Um, and, like, and how others, it's yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, the two biggest ones for me were, like, uh, the uh, the lady who's married to the old dude who like in Twin Peaks gets superpowers for oh, some reason. Yeah. She Nad- looks exactly Nadine. the same. <laughs> yeah, she looked exactly the fucking same to me, and she was already old in the '90s. So I was just like, holy shit. Uh, so she looked the same to me. 
but you know who has aged horribly is that kid billy like the oh. biker kid he's like so fucking old now and he's got like a shaved head like he just i looked at him i was like holy shit mm-hmm. like what's is, is he so, sick yeah it's like are you all right man like are you eating enough fiber <laughs> so but yeah i saw i saw that stuff uh it's pretty cool it's uh, it's nice to see them in costume because it's like oh maybe now it'll actually fucking happen because this thing was announced like two years ago oh, a long while wow, i mean christ 20, and then it and then it fell through 20, well like announced as like an official i want to say that it was like yeah. then, then then there was like negotiations fell through and uh yep. Uh, David Lynch, I don't know. I remember there was, I think it was like kind of for show and it was, it was negotiating tactics to like force uh, Showtime's hand. Uh, and like, so they're like, I'm walking off. It's not going to happen. And then, hey, it's happening now. And uh, which is, I mean, Christ, like it's been since um, Inland Empire. It's the last thing David Lynch like really did of oh, like, uh, of, of, of no. So this is like, I mean, it's like over 10 years, right? Because Inland Empire was 2006. Sorry. You can't let that be his last uh, no. turd on the world. Oh my god, that movie! You yeah, know, that movie's so bad. Th- th- there's some people who like think that's his masterpiece too. They're uh, total th- assholes. I, I I have no idea. I see that and I just get when I read that I, I just get mad because I'm like that's not true. That, it's a bad th- movie. Th- these are lies. Yeah, so it's 11 years since his last like mm. big project. So Jeez. this is like uh, and he's directing like I guess like last I read like all 18 episodes are all him. So oh nice. So you won't have any of that pine uh, weasel uh, fiasco like in uh, the original Twin Peaks when he left for those like episodes and it was like all that yeah. Civil War reenactment and pine weasel fundraisers and. <laughs> If he's actually there, hopefully it won't do that. But you know, but what always happens though with these things, it's, it's hard to capture lightning twice. So, oh yeah, arrested uh, the development. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I still rem- like it was neat seeing those, and I'm like, I, I'm like, this is like the one TV show I'm like actually excited for to see. Mm-hmm. It'll be fascinating to see uh, people's reactions uh, online play out over the course of like a year or 18 yeah. weeks anyway. Uh, yeah. So that'll be something. Um, so wait, th- it doesn't come out for a whole year. No, it's, it'll be start. It starts in May, but it's going to, it's 18 episodes. Oh, so okay. it's going to run for, Oh, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> Neat. Neat. Um, and one thing I didn't talk about last week were uh, <gasps> Criterion's announcements for the new Blu-rays. So, Hey, it's news coming like two weeks late. <laughs> Aren't mm. you pumped out, right? Um, ah. Yeah. Yeah, we try our best, Jared. We, like, that's right. What do people want? Uh, very quickly. Uh, they Live by Night, directed by Nicholas Ray, will be finding its way onto Blu-ray, which is kind of cool. It's a noir movie that I'd seen come up on a few lists uh, when mm-hmm. I was in my noir hunting days. And I, I think there was some talk that it was going to be out uh, sometime this year. And there it is. Uh, something called the Marseille Trilogy, um, which I'm not terribly familiar with. The director is Marcel Pagnol. It's like a three movies from like the 30s. Uh, I don't know what what it is, uh, but it's got nice artwork packaging. The one thing that I got totally blown away by, though, is because I've been saying this for like a while, and I think actually uh, my friend oh, right. on my friend Stephen's uh, birthday, I made some comment to him like, "Man, where the hell's the Lodger on Blu-ray?" I think Criterion should put that out. And sure enough, Criterion announced the Lodger, a story of the London Fog, uh, was announced, which is rad um, because is, what is that like the T London Fog? 
not the, not the, not to be mistaken with the T. Uh, no, okay. the, the Lodger from 1927, Alfred Hitchcock's first feature film. Uh, oh, okay. It's sort of a telling of Jack the Ripper, somewhat. Um, actually, one of the best ways of watching it currently uh, is on YouTube. Someone put it together like a really amazing HD quality uh, posting of it with like color tinting and stuff that like is really good. Mm-hmm. The score is pretty lousy which is kind of one unfortunate thing that happens with silent films but uh yeah i'm really glad that this is actually finally coming out because the only way to really own a copy of it is like through public domain stuff and they're just like unwatchable and actually the one i've got with like it's like 13 classic alfred hitchcock movies which have like all his like pre uh hollywood stuff on it uh like it was mm-hmm. it wouldn't play like it just would skip and like i couldn't even watch the yep. damn movie i i got an idea jer yeah what's Let's put this to the test to see if your parents want an Android TV box. You come over and we'll uh, we'll look up the lodger and see if it uh, works. That'll well, really put it to a test. Well, I, I definitely know the, like you could watch it on YouTube, so that's oh <laughs> that's, well, never mind. Yeah, that's okay. But I mean, so this these aren't out till uh, for a couple months still. If that's what you were getting at. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Oh. Uh, oh, and I'm just seeing here that uh, some dude with a camcorder called Justin Trudeau a scumbag at a Winnipeg child care <laughs> event. Nice. <laughs> Stick yeah. it to those kids who don't know any better. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could start uh, the JT news as well. Mm-hmm. What's Justin? No, nah, nobody cares. No one cares. He's uh, doing push-ups on a bench somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. I'm 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 cool with that. <laughs> yep. Anyways. Anyways, uh, that's it. I think. Um, okay. After the break, we're gonna don our, ourselves some red shoes and dance till we drop.
Red Shoes. Daringly original musical that captures all the glamour of the south of France in exquisite technicolour. Blending compelling beauty and high drama with a love story of sheer enchantment. Assembling a cast of international stars to endow an enthralling film with their rich vitality. And making the outstanding debut of this or any other year, a lovely red-headed girl graced with all the talents, Moira Shearer. There would be no room in my life for anything but dancing. You will think so again, Valia. You're jealous of her. Yes, I am. But in the way that you will never understand. Well, Vicky? Julian, I love you. But you love that more. talking about The Red Shoes from 1948, directed by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, uh, more well-known perhaps as The Archers, uh, which was their handle given to them, or they adopted um, for the couple dozen, several dozen uh, films that they produced together um, for their careers, and which they're kind of revered for. And we will cross their paths many, many times as we go forward uh, through this Criterion Ooh. collection, as Criterion has, uh, they got the, quite a crush on that Michael Powell and Pressburger. Um, I think the next one we are going to be watching is actually Peeping Tom, which is uh, Michael Powell's uh, uh, weirdo uh, kind of serial killer movie. <laughs> um, Ooh, that sounds good. So, yeah, so The Red Shoes, uh, it is a kind of an adaptation of uh, the Hans Christian Andersen uh, story, The Red Shoes, which is kind of like played out in the story itself. And then the story is sort of a metaphor of that in itself. Um, so the film, it follows pretty well three characters. There is Vicky Page, uh, the daughter of an aristocrat who is taking up dance on her own. Uh, the story of Julian Craster, who is a music student who's... Uh, Love, love of music, of making scores, uh, is not being appreciated uh, in his opinion. And uh, basically both their uh, futures, uh, they feel, are going to be held in the hands of one Boris Lermontov, who uh, runs a uh, ballet company uh, in the city. And uh, the film opens up with... Uh, the most enthusiastic crowd of people I've ever seen <laughs> crashing, yeah. crashing through doors, stealing mm-hmm. seats and just like clamoring in to watch themselves some ballet. Um, so Julian Crestor, who's in the audience, he's there to, uh, 
taking the work of his uh, instructor, um, who it turns out is ripping him off, um, <laughs> much to his chagrin. Uh, and then uh, Vicky Page's aunt, she's there because she wants uh, Boris Lermatov to come to her shindig after the uh, performance so she could uh, butter him up and introduce her to her niece, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Um so that so that plays out. Uh, we are introduced to Bur- Boris Lermontov as kind of a man behind the curtain. You just see like his hands gesturing stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then we get to see him uh, wearing a series of ridiculous outfits throughout this whole film. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and um, I mean, pretty well from the get go, you know kind of where this movie's going to a certain degree. So you have like, you, like to a certain okay. So you have this, this, the snooty man who has like the futures of these characters that, uh, within within his power to control whether they're successful mm-hmm. or not. But I guess it turns out that both these people are actually fairly good, uh, actually very great at what they do, which is writing music and uh, dancing. So mm-hmm. uh, Boris, of course, like uses this to, you know, uh, improve the reputation of his own company by letting uh, Julian, uh, I guess, write the score for a play, uh, an adaptation of the Hans Christian Andersen story, The Red Shoes. And he right. comes up with a cracking score and Vicky Page kind of uh, through maneuvering and uh, making her way through the world of the, uh, I don't know, backstage ballet politics. Um, she kind of rises to the top as being like the lead dancer and the lead in this play. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge success, and uh, everyone goes on vacation. And everyone's palling around, uh, making plans for the next thing. Uh, well, and of course, Boris is kind of playing kind of the this in his own mind, kind of like the mastermind who's aloof from everything, and he's just like really pleased with himself. Uh, this all comes crashing to a halt for him, though, when he finds out that Vicky and Julian uh, have begun a relationship with one another. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, just like us mm-hmm. and so this kind of like begins the uh, beginning of the end for the whole like happy threesome which are all benefiting uh, from one another um, somewhere in there RJ we get the, the actual red shoes uh, musical number which it's about um, an hour in yeah and for an hour in and it plays for about 15-20 minutes uh, yep um, we'll talk about that. Uh, uh-huh. And then, so, like, for the rest of the plot itself, um, so Boris d- doesn't want Julian in the company anymore. And mm-hmm. the deal with Vicky is that she can't dance unless, like, or she doesn't want, she's not going to be able to dance unless he does what he wants. Um, I don't know. Then uh, I'm going off the cuff here. Uh, Basically, what happens is Vicky has to make a decision whether it's like I go yep. with the company so I can dance and do the thing I love, or for love with Julian, and yes. she chooses the dance <laughs> for love or ambition, man. That's right. What are you gonna pick? Mm-hmm. And uh, like a flame burning too hot, she burns fast. Uh, symbolized really fast. Yes, yeah. and uh, she, you know, dances her way right out the doors and off a balcony. It's all very sad. It's a, tr- it's a real Spoiler. tragedy. Spoilers. Jeez. Uh, so, RJ, mm-hmm. uh, what did you think of The Red Shoes? Because if I recall correctly last week, <laughs> you made some comment about, well, that sounds boring. Yeah, it does. Does that not sound boring? Hey, what's this movie we're going to watch? I don't know. It's about ballet or some yep. shit. It's like, <laughs> oh, that sounds fucking boring. Yeah. Um, sounds like a real Henry V type deal. Yeah, uh, so 
I knew nothing about this movie other than I I knew it was uh, lived infamously on that Edgar Wright's thousand favorite movies, which everyone was talking about for a while. <laughs> that's what it's best known uh, for. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's best known for. That well, that's the first time I heard about it. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know anything about this movie. Mm-hmm. So I went in cold. And uh, as you said, uh, I'd never seen an introduction where so many people are so jazzed to see a fucking ballet. Like these guys were bursting. I actually forgot you were this movie. You told me this movie was about a ballet Mm. and the students all burst in. I was like, God damn. I was like, these motherfuckers are rioting. I was like, shit must be tense. (laughs) And then they were all in the seats and I was like, oh, yeah. This is about ballet. I was like, what Mm. the fuck? (laughs) Um, So... I watched this, and uh, you know what? I actually really like this show. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's like uh, super amazing, but that uh, the ballet part of the red shoes that is pretty uh, amazing. Uh, I thought that really won me over because the f- first hour I was kind of like I was watching it and I was interested and I was like, "This is pretty good." It's kind of boring. It's a little slow. That's okay. I think it's all right. And then the ballet hit, and I was like, "Oh." fuck i was like i hope the rest of i checked the time i was like there's an hour and 10 left i was like i hope the rest of it is just the ballet Mm. and they just show you the ballet as a movie i guess that was uh a little dumb of me to think that it might go that way but uh yeah the ballet was really good um there were there were some things that i didn't much like near the end where it's like well do i go for love or do i go for work i was like okay i get it but then it takes like crazy fucking turn i was like whoa i was like i didn't see that happening um it's kind of like there was a few like abrupt things in this movie like when uh, she first like uh goes with that guy and gets um married and then they like leave the ballet company i was like where did that come from i was like they kind of foreshadow it earlier with like a different dancer who like gets married and it's like well you're not a ballerina anymore get out of mm-hmm. here Tuss. yeah so i was like all right but uh, i thought i thought i thought that was really abrupt and then I thought the ending is really abrupt, too, when the uh, composer shows up as the fucking uh, Nazi hunter from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Did you see that guy? Like, her husband, like, she, like, pans, and he's in the room. He's wearing, like, a huge leather duster, and his, like, red hair is slicked back. And he's like, he's like, I want to date you. And it's like, oh, God, this guy's fucking creepy. So, um, so less Nazi hunter and more Nazi <laughs> Nazi, yeah, not Nazi hunter. I meant like Nazi comma hunter uh, of yeah. the Lost S- Ark. Good old SS. SS, yeah. Uh, but no, I thought this movie was pretty cool. Um, it made me really wish things were still trendy like uh, cloaks mm. and uh, binoculars for the theater. I thought that was cool. As you mentioned, a boyfriend like the theater guy has the craziest fucking wardrobe my first con or written thing was the fuck is this green kimono and then he does it again later like when he's mad he wears Mm -hmm. these like whenever he gets pissed off he wears these like kimono things that are like basically it's like a smoking jacket but it buttons all the way up to like the chin so it's like kind of like a turtleneck but it's like got like all this garish like flare on it and stuff like that um but i did think that was pretty cool uh there's a scene where he's mad and he's eating grapes. And uh, for some reason, you can't show eating grapes in a good way. It's weird. It's unnatural. And it just makes you look like a fucking pervert. Anytime <laughs> you you eat grapes, it makes you look weird. Okay. Um, 
I did like, as I said, uh, like a lot of trend things I wish were trendy still. Um, this movie's got a lot of really fun quirks. Like there's a scene where the instructor is like class dismissed and then he really quickly puts on a hairnet and like parriettes away. Uh, I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, maybe unintentionally, but uh, uh, it was still super cool. Um, I think my biggest thing about this movie was uh, I can't believe this thing was made in 1948 doesn't feel like it hmm. it feels like it like i was watching it and i was like i feel like this movie was made in like 72 huh. i don't know if that's like like i mean it as a compliment yeah um i was just i was impressed with what they did like they don't do anything crazy uh the actual ballet is pretty cool they do a lot of like uh cool animations and like showing like the abstract symbolism of what ballet shows but like actually showing what it means mm. and they do that through like uh like different kinds of animations and things like that i thought that was really neat so super impressive for 48 but i just thought the whole movie in general i was like hmm, i'm pretty impressed with this like for 48 i wasn't expecting all that so that's cool yeah and then uh, one thing, I'll, the last thing I'll say, uh, it has nothing to do with the movie itself. But in in this intro, and we had it once before, but you know when they do the Janus intro and the guy's hitting the gong? Yeah. Is that well, Kirk Douglas? <laughs> no. Um, Go watch it again. Yeah. I think that's Kirk Douglas. I get I get that. It's the chin. It's, okay. It's, it's a big uh, it... 50s man chin. But th- th- I, I'm not crazy, right? Like that would have made sense if it was him. He was kicking around that time, no? The well, wrong. I mean, that's that's like a British company thing, though. That particular one, Kirk Douglas, is definitely not that. Well, I was I was trying to make like a Spartacus connection. I see. Uh, not the case. Kirk Douglas. I'm gonna type. I'm gonna type in Gong. Kirk gong. Douglas Gong guy. See if there's other people who uh who shared this uh thought. thought this. No, okay, well, yeah. Uh, so. Well, a film called Tough Guys from 1986 comes up. Uh, so that's not very helpful. Yeah. So, okay. um, how about that Technicolor? Yeah, man, looks good. I liked it. Yeah. So, I mean, I watched my uh, my old DVD of this, like uh, mm-hmm. old, like not the current Blu-ray, which I'm sure probably looks far more spectacular. Um, cause at yeah. times I found the DVD was a little on the murky side, but, uh, I still like, I think it really like, uh, you can't keep that color down in the, uh, during the dance, during the actual red shoes, uh, performance stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so like the, the, my last week I had mentioned like in passing, like, uh, you made Martin Scorsese, uh, cry because you were being mean to the red shoes. Cause I guess this is like one of oh, his like yeah. all time favorite movies. Like he, yeah. like he collects like memorabilia for this movie. Like he, oh, cool. he's really gone to bat for this movie to make sure that it's like restored and like kept alive. Cause I guess like the first time he ever watched this was on TV in, and that would have been hmm. in black and white. And uh, wow. so like years later when he got to actually see a print of it in color, he was like, what the fuck? Like this movie is in color. And like that, yeah. that I, I just imagine that like I, that idea of like watching something in that particular way and then realizing, oh, wait, that wasn't the way I saw it in the first place. Yeah. Um, once again, uh, marveling at the beauty of the title cards in this, I mm. thought they're, they're so good looking, just like the paintings. Yep. Like, I don't know. They're not like particularly amazing. I mean, they're no, uh, spawn opening credit sequence, but, uh, <laughs> few things you know, are. few things are right. Uh, and yeah, my, my course, uh, my question was RJ, have you ever been so enthusiastic about anything in your life? Like those people going to see the ballet? 
there have been a few times where I've really had to go to the toilet, and uh, it is pretty aggressive and enthusiastic, bursting yeah. through doors. But uh, that's mm. a whole other kind of thing. That's yeah. not quite. Yeah, but it is similar, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's about so, it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, there is like uh, swaths of this film that are kind of poor. Like, so I watched this movie years ago on like by myself. God. Like when I would have bought this DVD, and this was like one of those movies where I'm like, oh, Martin Scorsese likes it, so I better watch it too. And like I yeah. don't, I didn't remember like huge chunks of this movie. Like I had no idea like the second half of this movie, like where it went. Like there's a lot of stuff in islands and in drawing rooms, and like characters just yeah. conversing and like reading letters and stuff like that. And I was always like, wow, like watching it again, I'm like, I don't remember a goddamn thing of this, and I know I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, like a lot of that stuff, sort of like I mean, like when I said, like it kind of goes down like predictable routes. Like to me, I'm like mm-hmm. we, I, I knew kind of like, well, this is where it's going to go. But at the same time, uh, I mean, there's sort of a satisfaction you get with uh, Boris uh, getting served uh, when yeah. like he doesn't get, he's not getting what he wants. The characters have gone behind his back, and um, uh, mm-hmm. God, I'm trying to remember the name of the actor, Anthony Walbrook or something like that. Like he really sells like that disappointment in a really low key sort of way. Um, that like he, f- he seems like he's like trying to play like through smiles and like being like oh mm-hmm. well how how long has this been going on for and and like while trying to be like the composed like ringleader of all this mm-hmm. and like unshakable and just like the uh, kind of the uh, ultimate prick and now it's like he's yeah. been totally um, shanghaied and uh, mm-hmm. he didn't see it coming so like that's like definitely one of the highlights for me as far as like the character stuff goes but yeah I you, mean oh, sorry I was gonna, you know what else he does to show his disappointment. Mm. One of those classic open palm fist punches. Oh, yeah. He just yeah. punches an open palm. No, there's never been a symbol more uh, familiar with humans ever than just anger. It's just a guy punching his open palm. Love it. There's they the, don't do that enough anymore. Oh, man. There's like uh, Anton Walbrook's the name of the actor in it. Um, so uh, as Boris. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's like the one scene that uh, my friend uh, Dan and I, we still laugh about to this day. It's in the uh, in Minority Report with uh, Colin Farrell, where it's like Tom Cruise has like gotten away, oh, yeah. and he's like on the conveyor bait, uh, yeah. conveyor bait, uh, conveyor belt, okay. being like kind of like pulled out of his sight, and like Colin Farrell's like running after him, and he's like, "Oh, ugh, he got me! <laughs> oh, you no good!" And it's like I don't know. It's uh. it, it borders on like. In uh, 1948, it plays well. In 2002, it's like, yeah, uh, it's like wrong era, my friend, wrong era, mm-hmm. and we can never go back. Unfortunately, I yeah, I love seeing that. I wish it happened more and more and mm-hmm. more. So. Um, but yeah, so like probably my favorite thing in watching this movie though was just like watching the use of editing and use of close-ups mm-hmm. and camera movement. Like usually in movies, mm-hmm. that stuff is kind of like. Mm, it's just there. Like you don't really pay attention to it too much. Usually, it should just be yeah. invisible. But this movie, like man, like the the use of close ups are like really, really good. Like uh, mm-hmm. like all the characters are like really in their moments doing it. Like particularly in the opening that opening scene. Um, yeah. With like Julian Crestor like listening to the music and then like his like slow reveal of like recognizing this music as his own uh, and like mm-hmm. him like muttering things to himself. Um, and then like it keeps cutting back and like, yeah, it builds up this, uh, the space. Like you really know where everyone is kind of situated in like four shots. You, you know, the, yeah. you know where the, um, the conductor is in the pit, you know, where, uh, like Lermontov is like around the curtain. Um, and then like, where are the, the Andrew page, the, the shitty professor ripping off his students, uh, you know where he is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like all like really well done in a way that like, I don't know. 
maybe it's like, oh, I, I didn't have enough things to talk about with this movie. But like, I was like really sure. like appreciative of like, yeah, like the, like the technical stuff more than anything. And I could definitely yep. see why, uh, like, uh, old uh, Marty would be drawn to this movie just as something that it's totally worth watching just to see like all the little gestures and like, just like yeah. scenes that like where it's like, yeah, just people in drawing rooms, just chatting away or whatever, or like moving around, like everything's like really, yeah. uh, well done, precise, uh, in like, just like a classic sort of way. So it's, uh, very, yeah. it makes it all look very effortless, which is like something. Cause, uh, we've all watched movies where it seems like, uh, filmmakers make their jobs look really hard cause they're really bad at it. Yeah. Totes. Totes. Totes, man. No, I I agree with you. It's impressive. That's yeah. what I mean. It's like when I was watching, I was like, I can't believe this thing was filmed in 48. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, and I guess like when it came out in 1948 uh, in Britain, it was a flop. This movie did not do Ooh. well mm-hmm. at all. Uh, did not find its audience. And I guess like that's sort of like the, that was the rep that uh, Powell and Pressburger had as filmmakers. Yeah. Um, they guess like, I don't know. They, it seemed like they, like they were really making great stuff. Like as uh, we will come across down the road, uh, they've made some really good movies. Uh, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty excited to watch black narcissist again. The peeping Tom is uh, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh right. Yeah, no, they're they're good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think, I was, there's something else I was going to say there, but I'm blanking Maybe out. Maybe it was about farts. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm just guessing, but uh, I know your character pretty well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you were talking about farts. Yeah, that's that sounds legit. Oh, so yeah, so the movie was a flop, and uh, mm. then like. Um, I guess MGM, I think, uh, bought up the American distribution rights, and it became like a huge hit, like one of the highest-grossing British films ever. Hmm. Um, so that's that's how things go sometimes. You're not appreciated yeah. in your own country. Yeah, just go to the uh, U.S. They'll treat you right. <laughs> that's right. Get sucked up. But yeah, they never really had like uh, I don't think like a U.S. career or anything like that. Like they didn't make hmm. anything abroad, even though Red Shoes was such a big deal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They, mm. And they sure like that. Uh, they like their Alec Guinness. We were going to see him again, and it's going to be a good time. But I don't believe it. One of the other things I was going to ask you was, what is there to dislike about this movie? Because I mean, was... mm. I I don't know. I it's like I said, there's a few stretches that are a little bit. I don't know, I guess long or like slow or boring, but it never really bothered me. I could see other people saying that, but mm. uh, it, it was it was a non-issue on my end. Right, yeah. It, it wasn't, it was just because like that stuff isn't like the most, I don't know, dramatic stuff, but it means all just character moments and stuff like that and just like yeah. kind of shuffling the board and getting everything into the position where like, because like the whole first half is like getting the characters starting from scratch, building up to the point where they're successful. Like I, I really yeah. enjoy the stuff with like, uh, with Craster kind of like taking over as like conductor and like setting mm-hmm. up the meetings earlier in the morning to like convene people and yeah. uh, like Boris Lomotov like lurking in the shadows to watch things play out and just see like all those little subtle things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's just like all these stuff that you, I mean, take for granted when you're watching these sort of like people young people who are aiming high and then they find success it's kind of like that la la land rj to a certain degree kind of i uh, it would have been nice if la la land ended the way this one ended <laughs> just hurling yourself in front of a train mm-hmm. <laughs> oh by the way uh 
she lives after getting run over by an entire train. It's kind of left nebulous. (laughs) Well, she has, she says something. Well, she's she's in the process maybe of dying or she's she's crippled. Yeah, I don't mean like she's like, she gets up, she's like, yeah, I'm good. But I mean like she didn't die instantly by being run over by an entire train. So (laughs) it was a a better time back then, Jer. (laughs) People were stronger. There was no gluten or, you know. (laughs) <laughs> all that stuff oh shit strong politics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep so yeah it was pretty pretty good pretty good uh yep. so, but who hates the red shoes some people some people hate it uh yeah. matt broxy uh one and a half stars what a snooze fest I'm not a fan of ballet, and I know this isn't 100% a ballet, but still, the majority of it is. The idiotic. Well, Victor- why watch it? The idiotic Victoria Page gets too caught up in her love between Julian and her love for dancing, and when she had to choose which to go with, why not just jump off a balcony? Yeah, because that'll solve everything. The ending is quick and not so well deserved for the viewer. If you're into dancing, this mm-hmm. is the film for you. Is it? Um, nothing special other than the choreography stood out to me, so I wouldn't watch this film again. I don't know why, if he doesn't like ballet, why he would watch a ballet movie. Yeah, that's a that's a tough I, one. Maybe there, maybe he was doing a Criterion podcast and uh, it didn't yeah. strike his fancy. Also, that's like a super real like dilemma. Like people who have like to choose between like a job and like a a partner. I feel like that's pretty relatable. People have to do that shit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes sometimes I'm in a tight spot and it's like, you know what? I would like to just throw myself in front of a fucking train. <laughs> Why not? So I get it. Well, I wouldn't I mind it. just walking out into that lake and, and not just, coming, not surfacing yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, just driving right into a lake and just being like, well, see you later. Yeah, that's that's why I log things on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> So that when you do leave, there a part of you still exists. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just to numb the pain. Numb the oh, pain okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's fine too, I guess. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, before I get to the the second uh, Hata, uh, yeah. So that musical number, though, right? <laughs> like that. Fuck, it's good. Like so, what it's I so good. What I love about it is that it doesn't try to like it, it abandons that pretext of like trying to like em- like oh we, we shot a ballet and we're filming it it's like no we're yeah. going to like create it like a fake like fantastical version of the ballet in a way that like doesn't exist but it can totally exist in the film world like in in cinema um yeah. like so i mean they can do like all sorts of things like characters just appearing the characters move from one room to another and it's just like no we're still watching all the same ballet because guess what it's a movie uh and we're going to do what we can do with that and push that boundary and i think that's like definitely like when they're like uh not having to just be like telling the story they get to do that part that was like where all the investment of time and effort and costumes Mm -hmm. and whatnot all went into it and it works out pretty well and it's actually one of those cool things where like the score that like we're told is like amazing and whatnot actually plays out really really well in the story because i don't know if if i've talked to you about this before but like there's always like this like strange thing in like movies where like they're talking about a movie and they're like oh this movie's great it's it's genius and then you watch like clips of it in the movie and it's like really bad but because the filmmakers have spent more time making a good movie that they didn't spend that much time making the fake good movie inside but it's like this Mm -hmm. shorthand way of showing 
going, well, the movie exists and it's got to be good for the story to make sense. But then you see bits and pieces of it and usually it plays off like it's like a parody of stuff. And so sometimes like you're here like, oh, the music's really good in this. Like, for instance, in La La Land. <laughs> and then you kind of go, I don't know if this music's actually that great. And then people are like really into it and super excited. But um mm. Well, it can't all be Wu Tang. <laughs> uh, what can be? Not much, Was man. No, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, Ben, I don't know if he knows what I mean because Ben gave this movie <laughs> one and a half star. Oh, to, no. to anyone who liked this movie, I'd suggest reading the movie that plays in my heart by Martin Scorsese. I didn't. Yes, the actual ballet of the red shoes around the one hour mark is magical. Owing to dreamy tracking shots, smooth cuts, haunting set designs and lighting, hallucinatory superimpositions, and excellent choreography, it truly is one of those masterful how-the-hell-did-they-do-that kind of sequences. The film's use of Technicolor is also very impressive. But I was so bored by everything else. The Red Mm. Shoes is impersonal, forgettable, uh, flat, and overlong. It's theatrical instead of cinematic, and its script is illogical, like that hurried suicide attempt. You guys all thought that was a surreal, I guess. Yeah, well, but also it's... somehow predictable, like the romance and the subsequent firing. Well, yeah, it was, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, the acting from the two leads is synthetic, especially from Moira Shearer, who had never acted before, and the film is jaggedly episodic. Uh, the editing within scenes is inventive, but between scenes is jarring since they don't have a natural beginning or end. The scenes just stop, like the camera spontaneously ran out of film. Personally, I only wish it had run out far sooner. <laughs> hmm. I don't quite. Like, it's like. weird because, like, I read that and I go, I agree with those. I think we said all those the very things, yeah. actually. Um, but I don't, like, yeah. like those aren't, like, they didn't bother me that much where I'm like, I hate, mm. I, thumbs down. Like, it's like, no, it's still, like, pretty, like, I don't know. I would watch it again. Um, I, I Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know for me to, like, have that, like, I don't know. There's nothing to dislike about this movie. It's, like, there's a lot to appreciate about it. Um. Yeah, and like again, that dance number. Maybe I would just watch that dance sequence again, but that that I would never do that probably. So, so I would just watch yeah. the whole movie, and maybe mm-hmm. get more out of it a second or third or fourth time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's like I said, we said that stuff too, but I never, it never really hurt the movie for me. No. I still enjoyed watching it. So, mm-hmm. and I don't understand why everyone thinks the suicide thing is so abrupt. Like they kind of build it up like that she's like unhappy or like. Mm-hmm in this dilemma i'm sure she thought about it before that like very second so i mean it's like when you think about this idea of like the red shoes and this film is like a metaphor of the play (laughs) and this idea of like the shoes and the ambition are like one thing and then it burns you out and then you die Mm -hmm. um yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the whole thing. Like, it's like, yep, yeah. we will. It's gonna have a dark ending. That's where it's going. That's um, a moral. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm just. Like, I'm thinking back to the Red Shoes dance number again too. Yeah. There's like so much good stuff. Like the. Like I was actually mm-hmm. reading a description of the actual uh, story itself, and it definitely filled in the gaps. Like there's like the thing where like he transforms into like a piece of paper, her like the bow that she went to the yeah. uh, thing with, and she gets he gets trampled on by the dancing shoes, and then she mm-hmm. gets swept away into the netherworld and you get the other dark figures and it's like this like really like strange dark world um and then like her right. dress deteriorating and being like rotting away and stuff like that 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Super good. Super pretty, pretty up there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. That's all I gotta say, really. Um, yeah, same here, man. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good shit. Pretty good shit. Well, <laughs> after the yep. break, uh, RJ and I are gonna go find ourselves uh, some street cars and just end it all. We'll go out with Thelma and Louise style. They'll be very abrupt. Yep. RJ, uh, I didn't mention that I found uh, the actor who played Julian Craster to look very old <laughs> to be playing a, a student, I guess. Yeah, but that guy's been old for a really long time. He was old here. He was old 30 years later in Raiders of the Lost Ark when he was the Nazi guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that guy's so old and upsetting <laughs> to look at. Hey, folks, you can tell us what upsets you uh, by emailing us at CriterionCreeps at gmail.com. We are very lonely Uh, and maybe even suicidal, I guess, at this point. Um, But, hey, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Uh, There's going to be some Criterion cows coming our way. Uh, We're on that letterbox, but it's not very active for one reason or another. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, we do all those things. Um, and you should rate us and review us. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been a while. And next week, we travel to a place we've never been, and that is the land of Iran, as we Ooh. will be watching A Taste of Cherry from 1997, directed by Abbas Karastami. Uh I've never seen this movie. RJ, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen this movie. Sounds um, like a porno. Uh, maybe if it was in 1977, and then it'd be, I'd be looking even more forward to watching it. Hmm, that does sound like porn. Hey, I never asked you, what are your red shoes? What are my red shoes? Yeah, red shoes are a metaphor for things, right? Oh, what's your red shoes? Damn. Damn. Um. Uh, I gotta steal a line from you and just say butts, I guess. <laughs> nice. 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 That's what people come for when you're coming to listen okay. to a show about the red shoes. Talk some butts and Justin come Trudeau. For the, yeah, come for the butts, stay for the dumps. <sighs> we'll try harder, folks. <laughs> I won't. Good night. All right, butts and dumps. <laughs>